1: Hello Jamaica, hello world. Welcome to another Impacting Jamaica podcast. I am Anne Harris. Today I have the pleasure of chatting with Craig Richards, an inspirational Jamaican who has beaten significant odds in his early life and is today thriving as a respected banker in the parish of Clarendon, Jamaica. Craig, thank you so much for joining me on Impacting Jamaica.
2: Thank you very much, Shelian, for having me. Um, it was, It's a, indeed a pleasure to be here.
1: Today, you are a respected banker and philanthropist, but describe for us your early upbringing, the dreams you had growing up, and the challenges you, you had to overcome.
2: First, um, let me say I'm from a small farming community of Cheesefield District, Linstead I am the first of three children for my mom, um, life growing up was a challenge. And I always see challenges as opportunity to grow. So I attended the cheese Steel Basic School um, at age three. Then I later went on to the time and patient primary within, the, within a neighboring community. I, I grew up in a single parent family while my dad was present whenever he can. Um, he was not living in the same home, so that father figure was missing. But what I do, I use other fathers within the community to learn some things from and in order to shape my life. I pretty much was living in a big family. So I have my mom's uncle really give me those fatherly advice whenever they can with the limited knowledge that they have. I always set myself goals. I always have dreams because having identified my situation, I saw it as an opportunity to set goals and work very hard to attain them. When I started primary school, I recognized that financial challenge would be a problem. So I therefore thought of opportunities in which I can help financially so I started to look for, as I said, it's a farming community where they are farm produce, my uncle, he plant oranges, there are always mango trees, so throughout the year, there would have been some sort of fruit. So at grade one, grade two, I would have been taking fruits to school, just to sell them, so that I can get money to purchase lunch many persons would have looked down and said, boy, at grade one, him start the hustling, but for me, it was an opportunity to basically have lunch and ensure that I could learn. My situation continued because my sister later, two years after, began to attend the same school, so I was not only trying to find lunch money for myself, but also to ensure that most importantly, my sister was able to have lunch money. So I had to increase whatever activities needed, as long as it's legitimate for for us to have lunch. Despite that, I would still progress in school because I know growing up. Um, your parents or person would say education is the key to success and I always believe that so I see uh, education as an important um, thing in order to eradicate poverty yes. so we would study we would read hard with whatever material we can we could not have afforded the books but we would go to the neighboring library in the town of Linstate just to complete some homework or assignment. We were not so privileged to internet at that time during that time, internet was not so much. Even going to the library, I found difficulty in even finding bus fare. During that time, there were not taxis, but there were two buses. So you would have to, One, have that discipline to know what time each bus comes in order for you to catch that bus to go to Linstead, know what time they leave Linstead in order for you to reach home. Failure to catch these buses at the appropriate time, it would have resulted in you have to walk almost five miles. And yes, there are many occasions where I had to walk in order for me to reach to the library. Having said that though, my life, while difficult or while many would consider it to be very challenging, I like the fact that I had those difficulties because what that has done, it would shape the future, having set dreams because I said to myself, I could not stay in this situation growing up. So importantly, I must excel academically I passed common insurance and I went to Charlemont High School. But as a typical young boy growing up in the country, Mm -hmm. um, extracurricular activity formed a very big part of my life. So I started to spend more time in playing football for the school, track and field, cricket, and all those activities that would impact my study or my education so while i was playing these things i still had to be finding ways creative ways of making money so i could go to school and i could carry on money so that i can prepare get dinner prepare or things like those so a lot started to affect me academically
1: right i ask you if those activities affected your grades because you did signif-
2: significantly significantly. significantly um I, i'm gonna say this At Charlemont High School, I attended for three years, and I played all the extracurricular activity, and I find time to ensure that I was able to provide food for my family. From age 13, I considered myself to be the breadwinner for my family. We had to relocate, and my sister, my brother, my mom, and I, we were living in a one-room dwelling, and I... I had to do more things, because my mom it was unemployed. My father could do what he could at that time, which was not sufficient to carry you out the. Yes exactly. So I believe that I had to do what was necessary as long as it is ethical and legitimately correct. I always yes. I' am moral standard, and I'm very big on integrity from a young man growing up. So as I spoke about what transpired academically, I remember going to school and my average at ninth grade was like 33.9. So I would consider myself somebody that is very good at maths. And maths, my grade would have been like 80 something.
0: Because
2: mm-hmm. I'm naturally gifted with maths. But every other score would be below 40, 30, or 20, at 12, and things like that. But what was profound and what brought it home for me is every teacher would write as potential but waste too much time, time waster. And these were some of the remarks that the teachers were putting on the report. So after I looked on that last report at grade nine in Charlemont, still have another two years to go. And my father who, as I said, was not in the home, but he was doing what he could When he could, he said to me, well, this can't work, you know, and um, really and truly, I think you, you you have gotten too friendly at Charlemont. I think your priorities are more of sports and not education. So he did the most important thing by getting me a transfer to Dintel Technical High School, and that's where my life changed.
1: The principal,
2: yeah, that's where my life changed.
1: So he transferred Uh, you because he thought he he thought you needed to focus more on your academics, right? Most
2: definitely, and not only that. That is the fact that the principal at that time he was a little bit more stern. The principal at Charlemont respected me because of sports, so we had a very close friendship. The teachers and everybody see me because i excel in sports so they see me as a sports person but when it comes to academic nobody look out for me so my father did a very good thing for me at that time and he transferred me to Dintel technical where our principal at that time dennis clark very firm yes. while he was very small in stature he was very firm anyways they placed me in the slowest class in in Dindale technical high school history Boys in this class could not spell their name properly. They could not write in straight line. So when I ended up into this class, I felt out of place. But they placed me there based on my average coming into the school. Right. So my first semester exam, um, I averaged fifty-seven. <laughs> um, better than
1: the third much history. better, much better,
2: okay. and there was this teacher, Kenisha Thompson. I will never forget that teacher. She was a form teacher at the time, and she said, young man, you don't deserve it to be in this class. Um, guess what? You need to increase your average, and then I'll put you in a next class the next year. You don't deserve to be here. And with the discipline of that principal, it kept me in line to do most of the right things. So what I did now, the next semester, I averaged 72 And the teacher gave me an opportunity to move from that class and go into a better class. The first semester, I came first again and averaged 79. So there was a newly formed class that they started in November of the year when I went, when I transferred from the slow class. So in this class, only students who would have graduated from previous high school, but they were young or they needed to change their course so let's say they did science at their previous high school they want to do some business subject now or something so they would have gotten an opportunity to repeat not just 11th grade but go down to 10th grade because they have the age they are pretty young but they're very bright most of these students would have gotten ones and twos in mathematics so that teacher again kenisha thompson wrote to the principal at the time and asked if I can be transferred to that class, Mm
1: -hmm. that
2: gave me the best opportunity to excel. Because in that class, I was, on paper, the slowest.
1: Right. And you know, it's it's quite an inspirational journey that you're describing, the transfer from Charlemagne to Dintel, you said, and then yeah. the ways that the teacher would be looking out for you and so on. And it sounds like you really started to grow academically. But I would love for you to jump to how the university years panned out in terms of trying to, because you you got through to university, but that wasn't smooth sailing.
2: Okay. Yes. <laughs> so after I, I graduated from um, Dintel, I first applied for the University of Technology so having applied for the university of technology i recognized that there wasn't any way for me to attend that year when i applied so i decided to go back to dintel just to do sixth form so that fast forward from the opportunity to go back to sixth form i went to u the following year after applying not knowing that i needed to differ the course or needed to make any form of communication with the school.
0: Yes. So
2: I I went back to the school and I thought that I could have been accepted just like that. So when I went there, um, there wasn't any records of me applying that year. So there were lots of running around and I would go there every single day just to speak to somebody and get an opportunity to be admitted in school i could not find bus fare many times i had to up the bus i had to big drive just to go there and when i go there they were saying that they don't have any space i even went to the print the principal the president at the time ray davis and i said sir I would love an opportunity to be admitted in in school. And he said, sir, unfortunately we don't have any space. I said, sir, I want to be a solution, not a problem. And the president at the time saw that as being a threat or something. So he called the campus security on me. And I felt embarrassed, but despite that, I would still go back. During that year, um, I would have attended, I would have gone to the school on numerous occasions without getting any positive feedback as to my opportunity to be accepted. But God is the, the heart of everything. That here uh, a hurricane came, and I went back in October just to check to see if there are any possibilities. And having gone there, I was admitted to the school and that's where my wow. journey
1: started. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that's a lot of perseverance that you're exhibiting in that time in terms of, you know, you didn't put in the paperwork. You you assumed that, boy, well, you know, you get through already. So the deferral and those things were not even perhaps known to you at that time. No. But no. based on perseverance, you were able to get in. But getting definitely. in was only part of the, the challenge, wasn't it?
2: Most definitely. Because having gotten accepted... I knew not where I would get my lunch money from, my school fee from. I mean I don't know how I would communicate to and from Linstead to the University of the Tech of Technology. So the difficulty started there. And while I was attending there I would up rides. I would jump on bus. I would beg drive with persons just to reach. I recall the first semester exam time when They said everybody needed to get an exam card. At this time, I know that School B is a must. I don't know anybody I could turn to, no family member, no friends that I could turn to. But I spoke to this gentleman, Mr. Telbert Roberts, who is a funeral director, and he said to me, have you checked with student loan? I said, no, but I just said, I'm going to check anyways. At that time, you needed to have applied for student loan the previous year in order right. to be ascriptive. I went to student loan, and I I spoke to several persons, and they were like, no, you need to apply. But this belief that I have and mindset can move anything, and my consistency, my determination and dedication afforded me an opportunity to get that first semester paid by student loan strictly on an exception basis this has never been done in the history but what i had was my that perseverance so i i I believe in perseverance despite setback and hurdle i never lose enthusiasm despite the failures and disappointment because i strongly believe that I should never lose sight of the end goal and that dream. So nothing will stop me in my way to accomplish whatever dream that I have. And I was able to do my exam that first semester.
1: Right. And that semester led to another semester mm-hmm. and to Most several definitely. years. Finishing.
2: Several.
1: Finishing yes. your, what would it have been at the time? Was it a diploma or a degree? Uh, is you tech it or a tech was diploma? a degree. It was a degree. degree. Right, right. And so it would have been perseverance for those, all those years at UTEC to make each semester count in terms of tuition and the whole of it, wouldn't it? Definitely. What would you then say to young people who, boy, things are rough right now. And it's not even just that, you know, single parent situation and, you know, the money's just not there, but there's also COVID, real things, right? What would you say to young people today? having walked this journey of perseverance and a strong mindset, what would you say to them as they are now perhaps feeling a little discouraged?
2: It's important for people to first believe in themselves and have a goal, have an aim. Set yourself dreams. And dreams can be set at all age. I'm as young as three. I would have set goals. And because dream, what it does, it encompasses your goal. And it really gives you that, that, that life purpose and direction um, of meeting anything that you set out. And it really helps to shape your life and your choices. So setting goals, having that positive mindset. Do not try to let your current situation hinder you from setting goals and working hard to accomplish them. If I have done it, then everybody else can. And prior to me, there would have been several other persons who would have had other situations and it worked. But the mm-hmm. difference is people believe in themselves, setting themselves dreams, and they are consistently working towards accomplishing them despite the many setbacks. Respect people. Listen to have your source of Influence, there must be somebody out there that you can emulate. Mm -hmm. I try to learn from every single person I communicate with. It may not be everything about them that I like, but I pick the positive in every single individual. And I put it together to make a whole for myself. Try to be the best you possible. Believe in yourself and work hard, consistently doing the small things, and you will be able to accomplish your dreams.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Very, very, very encouraging stuff, um, Craig. And I know that it's not just words that you you give back, but you also give to the community. I, I, I gather that you, during even COVID time, you were going to the shut-ins. provide not just hope but actually tangible goods food for people tell me about that quickly
2: okay so what happened during covid um i saw it i know that it would be difficult for many persons and i would have observed many persons struggling for whatever reason so just like most things that i do i try to have a discussion with my mom and i said mom what's what are your thoughts on this i would really want to help my biggest joy is to put a smile on people's face. So whenever I can do that, that makes me happy. So I decided that I would give out a few care packages and monies would have come from my personal customer because God has blessed me so much. So I can be fairly successful, so I'm able to save. So I believe that once I have... I can give and help people. And when I help people, that put a smile on my face. So I started off with 75 care packages and having completed the first day, I realized that that was just a drop in the bucket. And yeah. there were more persons who needed help. So I had to go back and provided more. I ended up providing over 100 care packages with the aim of just doing 50 initially. Mm-hmm. And many persons within the community would have benefited from it, and they all appreciated it. And I see, I saw the smile on their face, and that made me so happy. That didn't end during the time of COVID again. There many of the students have to be doing online course. And I remember visiting my mom, and a young man came and said, Uncle Craig, may I beg you a tablet for do online? So I bought the tablet. Apparently, you would have gone to say to somebody that I gave him. The person came, so I said, what can I do to help more persons? So I decided to do a fish fry barbecue just to purchase some more tablets. Mm
0: -hmm. And I was
2: able to purchase 36 tablets. And I gave gave 10 to the basic school and 20-something to other students within that community. And those are just a few of the many things that I would have been doing throughout my lifetime, because I still have scholarship program that I would give to students at Charlemont High School and Dintel Technical High School on an annual basis. And also assisting paying for CXE CXC fees or purchasing uniform or shoes for needy students within the community of Chase and its environment.
1: That's, that's, that's brilliant. That's awesome. And I mean, I didn't, I was not aware of some of it. uh, I knew about the care packages, but the extent of it, that is, that is so inspirational because when you look back at it, it's full circle. All right. I want to end um, this conversation by asking you to share three cool things about Jamaica. Your favorite spot and why, your favorite person and why, and finally, your favorite food and why.
2: I, I love football, but to be honest, mm-hmm. my favorite place is to chill at home. Nice. Okay. Yeah, my favorite place is to chill at home. I like to be home. I like to be in the comfort of my home. And most importantly, spending time with the most important person, which is my daughter. I mm-hmm. spend a lot of time with my daughter. So my daughter would be my favorite person wow <laughs> yeah, she, she is my she's my added motivation uh-huh. and, um, so having spent a lot of time with her she also helped me to think a little differently to mm-hmm. be a little bit more patient how because old is she she's just four but she's <laughs> she, 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 she okay. we would we would we would converse as if it is two person of similar age
1: that sounds precious
2: most definitely
1: and finally then your favorite food, and why?
2: Well, I... Or if I'm it's only a, one. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I love um, steamed fish. I, I'm mm. a lover of uh, steamed fish. I, I don't do much meat, so it's fish and vegetables. So I'm big on that. And I don't consume much rice anymore. So it's mainly fish and vegetables.
1: Sounds very healthy. I try to be. Craig, it has been such a pleasure to listen to your story to hear how you started, how you overcame obstacles, and how now, as a successful banker and a philanthropist in the community, how you're giving back. Thank you for being and impacting Jamaica.
2: So I hope that this can add value to people, people's life.
1: It most certainly has. It most certainly has. So there you have it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been Impacting Jamaica.
0: I'm Shelley and Harry. Impacting Jamaica was brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Carib Cement, and at the Sajikor Foundation. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email at impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. you join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or on Deezer. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy.